The college experience on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by my bookie sign up over at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP 50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. Play win get paid over at mybookie.ag. The sports gambling podcast is brought to you by Amazon. You probably already shop at Amazon, but why not shop at Amazon and support the sports gambling podcast? All you have to do is log into sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Amazon bookmark that link and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast today. Let it ride. Welcome, welcome to the motherfucking college experience. <laughs> My name is Kobe Dant, aka the Dantabase, and in studio. Well, he's not in studio. It's Mother's Day. He's probably out with his mom, taking her somewhere nice, like a golden corral in Riverside, right? It's just me tonight, folks. It's me. I got Major Mud and my cat in the house, you know. Hanging out, drinking some vodka, drinking some motherfucking vodka. And I'm going to address this. I am going to address this. But today, we're going for the record. We are going for the motherfucking record. Before I dive into sports, before I dive into sports, I'm just going to re- repeat everything I fucking say. I want to talk about some idiot. All right. And this is the point of the episode is that we're just going to have to be fucking. We're just going to have to, you're just going to have to deal with a lot of cursing. All right. Because we got one and I will give him the credit. I, you, there's people that will say, Oh, don't answer your, don't answer your, you know, your, your haters. No, I don't. Sometimes it's, it's situational. It's truly situational. So I sign on to check out the old iTunes comments, which by the way, Kind of lacking lately. Kind of lacking. I know it's not college basketball season. I know it's not full on college football season. Comments kind of lacking. And I see this one by Cameron Folly. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing his fucking last name correctly, but what's great is Cameron Folly posted this exact comment a while ago, like three, like two or three months ago, right? I'll break it down for you. He goes, I want to be helpful. That's the title of the, the, the review. And he goes, the truth is the Colby slash Patty pod has so much potential, but needs to go or, but needs to get so much more professional. There is a reason that pods like the dream podcast get 400,000 versus struggling to get 10,000 here. I don't even know what the fuck the dream podcast is and I don't care because I'm a fucking idiot. All right. But check this out. Cameron Folly. I don't give a shit. All right. But then he goes, okay. And it's because the level of professionalism just is tragic. The introductions are painful. Oh gosh. I enjoy some colorful language, but dudes give it a break. Focus on clear handicapping. Instead of just bullshitting around and you'll get more stickiness from listeners. (laughs) My guess is Colby will just read this and say, screw it. We're going to do it our way. And that's the flavor. The entire podcast has. Okay, that was what he wrote prior, right? And it's, that's still there to this day, which is great because I I read that and I did say, screw it because I don't give a shit. If we're, I'm not trying, I mean, yes, I'm trying to get as many listeners as possible. Sure, I hope this thing gets whatever that fucking dream podcast gets. But at the same time, I truly don't give a fuck. I'm gonna be me, you be you, and you keep leaving comments, you lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. All right. But this is the best part. This is why it was great. Honestly, it was fucking great. And I got to say fuck a lot today because he added this in. So, so he, he had this comment a few months ago and then he went, what, what, what's great about it is I have been trashing it on previous, uh, on previous podcasts is saying, calling him out for saying, Colby's going to say, screw it. We'll do it our way. Right. Which I have been like past month or two. I've been doing calling this guy out. 
But what's great is he updated his comment, meaning that he still listens to the college experience. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he updated the, 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 the comment saying, uh, literally one star. So he says all that. And then below that, he says immaturity and disorganization, literally one star for me. Everything that Colby does literally stinks. He just has a foul mouth shtick to get by because there is no way he is even a plus of better or plus EV, but whatever the fuck that means. I don't even know what the fuck he means, but this is where it took a, took offense. You know what I mean? This is where I took offense. Look, you can shit on me all day. I do stand up. This, this, this is in the cards. I know we're putting ourselves on a platform. If you think you're the first person to shit on me, you're fucking crazy. All right. I get shit on all the time and I'm cool with getting shit on all the time. All right. But when you're citing the facts, be fucking factual. You don't like my podcast? Good. Maybe I'm a dumbass. I claim that I'm an idiot on the fucking podcast, so I'm only being truthful. But when you start saying that I'm not a fucking good handicapper is when you are completely full of shit. All right? I got years of data. Here's the fucking data, buddy. Where are you? I got it online to this day. You can check it yourself. I've never once been under 500 betting every fucking college football game, every college basketball game. And we have years of data years, plural. So you need to start thinking about yours. All right. And also he leaves me. He adjusts his comment the day that I happen to go. And this isn't even my forte. This is called the college experience because we handle college fucking sports, but we're such sports junkies. We dive into all fucking sports because in the off season, it's rough. We, we like to dive into all sports. We, we do watch all sports. We're junkies, but you're a fucking idiot, dude, because clearly, clearly you weren't checking Twitter because I went three and zero today. ATS took the, the Boston Bruins to get it done, took the Portland trailblazers plus the points. And I took the Sixers plus the points, all three covered. If you would have, if you would have bet all three, see, and I hate this because now you're making me sound like that fucking guy, the fucking guy on uh, the, what's Dave uh, on the, on the uh, gambling, the action documentary series. I forget his name. Super Dave. <laughs> I don't know. The guy that's an asshole. That's like going around Vegas and Mexico. And he's talking about how he'd rather have, uh, he'd rather gamble than have sex. No, not me. I'd still rather have sex than gamble. All right but you're making me sound like one of these hacks. That's like call 1-800-435 and I'll give you my pick. I am on fire this season. You know, like one of these douchebags. Look, I, I, I put my shit up there. All right. And I'm challenging you, uh, Cameron Folly. All right. I'm challenging you to post all your picks, put them up and we'll go neck for neck motherfucker. All right. College football, college basketball, because that's the reason why I do this fucking podcast. And notice I'm saying fuck because I enjoy the curse and I love how it bothers you. But even better was great is that you shit on me on this, uh, on, on this comment like months ago, but you still listen to the podcast. So in a weird way, thank you. <laughs> and you're giving me shit to talk about. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I love it. I love the challenge here, because look, you could shit on me. You can have your friend shit on me. I don't know where the fuck you live. I could give a fuck. You, you go leave 5,000 fucking comments on iTunes saying I'm a piece of shit. I'm okay with that. But don't when you enter, when you interfere with saying I am not a good fucking handicapper, you are full of complete shit. All right. And you can take that to the bank to, to quote, uh, Steven Seagal hard to kill. What up? <laughs> Dude, you got me fired up. I'm drinking my vodka. My, oh, I'm not supposed to drink. I'm supposed to be more professional on the podcast. Uh, go fuck yourself, all right? <laughs> Where's Patty C? All right. Look, my mom's on the East Coast. She's having a good old time. All right. I called. I did the thing. It's, it's, it's days like this that suck because you feel like you should be closer to home. Can't just fly back. For a day or two, well, uh, maybe, I don't know. Try to try to plan when to go home, do the Christmases, maybe the, well, I was going to do New Year's, but, you know, UCF, 
LSU was happening. Had to go to Arizona. You know, got my heart in the right place, guys. Anyway, let me just get to this shit. All right, let me just get to it. Yeah, I went three and zero today, guys. Let's talk. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs. All right, Kawhi Leonard hit at the craziest fucking game winner I think I've ever seen. Honestly, I think that might be the craziest game winner I've ever seen. It's it's up there with like a full court shot, but I think it's even crazier because this shit bounced off the rim, the rim, not rim, like five times. And after he choked, missing a free throw. And I don't even know if we say this is a clutch play. I guess since the ball went in, you got to say it. But uh, I mean, kudos, I guess, to the Toronto Raptors, which I think I called to, I don't know. I was, I think I started out against them. And then when I saw the Sixers play after like the second game, I was like, yeah, the Raptors are going to win. But I did take the Sixers in the points, got it done. And uh, so it's now Raptors bucks. Uh, Drake also wore Sixers pants so that the, the, the curse still lives on. Love how Drake took a photo with Dabo Sweeney because I'm, 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 I'm hoping I don't even have anything against Clemson. Really? I just think it, the fucking curse is funny. I'm that, I'm that asshole sports fan that even though I have nothing against the Chicago Cubs, when they were playing against the Cleveland Indians and everyone was really excited, I was rooting for the Indians in spite just cause I wanted to see the misery. I'm an asshole. What can I say? Keyword asshole here. Another curse word to add to the pile of curse words we're going to go for today. All right. Um, but Kawhi Leonard, that was a great game. Great game. NBA, kudos to the NBA. You finally delivered with a couple good games. Portland Trailblazers, who I just said take Portland in the points. Beat the Denver Nuggets. Um, it was another good game. Two good game sevens today. Two good games. And then you got the Warriors beating the Rockets the other day. A lot of people thought that was going to go seven including myself. I think I said six or seven, but I think I was leaning towards seven, especially after the Durant injury warriors flex that muscle. Let's be honest. No one's going to beat the fucking warriors, right? I would love to see a Bucks blazers matchup, but what we need like Steph Curry to tear his ACL or something, which I would never root for because I kind of like the warriors, even though I am going to be rooting for the blazers. I'll be rooting for the Milwaukee bucks just because Toronto and Drake and Bieber and I just don't really like the Toronto fan base when it comes to basketball. Be honest. I'll be honest. Wait, I didn't say that correctly. I'll be fucking honest. All right. I'll be fucking honest with you. Um, what else is going on? So that's the NBA. It's looking good. Great, great weekend of games. Really the best it's been all year, which should happen around this time of year, but still not to wave the dick in the air. and start an argument. Nothing compared to college basketball. Nothing. Uh, Lakers hired Frank Vogel after the Lakers offseason. <laughs> I love these Laker hacks that are down to they were downtown in LA uh, protesting <laughs> the Lakers moves and Jeannie Bush should hand over the team to the city or sell the team or whatever the fuck they're saying. They've had like five bad years. They won a championship, multiple championships very recently. Shut the fuck up. Start thinking about yours there. You need to start thinking about yours, Laker fan base. All right. It's still early on. You've had a couple bad years. Talk to the Knicks fans out there. Talk to the, the Clippers fans out there. Talk to the sack half the NBA. Actually half the fucking NBA hasn't won in a very long time. So shut up. You got LeBron James. All right. And look, cause a couple coaches backfired on you. Cause your team is a mess and magic Johnson left. You're buying into the hype. You got Frank Vogel. He's a decent, he's probably the best coach you could have got at this point. He got Jason Kidd as an assistant. That was kind of funny. Uh, ESPN was making a big deal of that. And he brings in Jason Kidd as an assistant. He's got NBA championship quality. You're seeing how good of a coach Jason Kidd was. What? He left the Bucks, and all of a sudden they're the one seed in the East. Like I got nothing against Jason Kidd. I used to love watching Jason Kidd's game with the exception of him shooting threes. Great fucking pass first point guard. Love to watch his game, but come on. You can't tell me he's a good fucking coach right now. That hire is, is useless to me. Useless. Don't even note it. You know what I mean? Note an assistant coaches now. When's the last time they talked about another assistant coach in all of the fucking NBA? There's other players that are assistant coaches. This is a weird one. It's because of the Lakers. They're overdoing this thing. They're over fucking doing this thing. Jason Kidd. Jason fucking Kidd, actually. And I like you, Jason fucking Kidd. All right? All right, let's shift over to the fucking NHL. Right? All right, the NHL playoffs. My boys, <laughs> look, I've always, I called 
for a Bruins Blues Stanley Cup beginning of the playoffs. Still looking pretty good at that. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the Sharks did whoop the Blues ass, but hey, it's early on. Only down one nothing. But my boys, I'm saying the Boston Bruins, which I don't traditionally like to root for Boston sports teams, really. I don't really hate them the way Patty C does, but I love seeing our guy. Not not really our guy, actually. Our fucking hated guy, Tom Dondon. Get fucking blown out by the Boston Bruins. Two nothing. The Bruins are up two nothing. I'm hoping for a sweep. I'm hope Dondon gets a little taste, a little taste of, oh, maybe we're going to go win it all. No. Fuck you. You ruin the AAF with your stupid fucking, you know, oh, I, I went in for the app or whatever the hell it was. Fuck you, Dondon. Fuck you, Dondon. <laughs> Go Bruins. Sharks, uh, br- uh, Sharks Blues tomorrow. I was actually considering going to this game, but I know I, I thought, man, I'm going to get up there for a, a big time hockey playoff game. But then I thought, man, Silicon Valley, there's probably all this money. I haven't even looked at tickets yet. I still might go. Uh, if so, you will find out about it via Twitter, but sharks whooped that ass game one. I'll be honest. That was pretty, that was pretty bad. Let the blues focus a little bit. They've been great on the road. Let them, let them come in. Steal game two. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. All right. And, and I'll be honest. I'm rooting for the blues. St. Louis has had their football team stolen from them twice. They don't have a basketball team besides the Billikens and college basketball who made the tournament, but I'm kind of rooting for them, kind of rooting for them, but I kind of like the San Jose, San Jose Sharks too. They've always been like a team that's choked. So I would love to see the Sharks do this as well. But I, I mean, obviously I'd like to be right. I've been right in most of these NHL playoffs, but uh, uh, yeah, where you at on that Cameron fucking folly. All right. These NHL playoffs, I've been right a lot. All right. I don't even cover the NHL. I watch as a fan. I in the offseason I try to tell you what the fuck to bet on. And boom. I've been doing good. I've probably been doing better than your sorry ass wherever you're at. <laughs> this vodka. This vodka's doing good. Okay, look. Uh NHL playoffs though. I'm excited for this. I'm I still think uh, obviously the Bruins are looking good. Uh we'll find out more tomorrow night with the uh with the whole Sharks Blues series. Um, let's not we, so me and Patty C have been breaking down every college football week. We're going to go week by week, game by game. But since he's not here tonight, I'm going to postpone week three. Cause if you haven't listened to us the first two weeks, the previous two episodes, we've talked about the first two weeks in college football. We've gone game by game, making our predictions. I know we're far off from it, but it's, 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 it's a little thing to get our feet wet in college football. So week three is going to come on the next episode of the college experience. Cause I don't want to dive in without him. That'd be weird. So we'll just wait, wait it out, wait it the fuck out. <laughs> but what I will, what I will touch on is this. I got some, some, uh, some, some fans of ours, uh, have asked me, they've asked me this actually like a month ago and I kind of been battering it around. I thought I was going to do a specific episode, but since it's mother's day, and Patty C couldn't be here. I just said, maybe dive into it now. The, what are, so, so someone asked me, what are my biggest storylines I'm looking to see in college football this, this fall or this season, I think they meant. Um, and I got a bunch. I'll break them down. Obviously, um, um, the biggest ones that come to mind right from the start, you got Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. All right, you got the previous two Heisman Trophy winners have been at Oklahoma. So is there any way you could do a third? I mean, that would be pretty fucking amazing. It's already amazing. They've had two in a row that were the first pick in the draft. So I'm so curious how Hertz will do with a very quarterback friendly head coach at Lincoln Riley. Like, I don't know that Saban systems, even though they've been scoring way more points than traditional Saban teams have really, I don't know that they're that quarterback friendly, you know, I feel like Lincoln Riley is a very quarterback friendly system. So I'm so curious to see how Hertz fits in at Oklahoma. Um, I'm curious to see how that works out with Texas in that conference. I mean, Tom Herman has got the program looking up. Um, I still think Oklahoma is the team to beat. I mean, obviously they, they, they won in the championship game last year or their, their conference championship. 
but I think it's probably a two horse race. I mean, Iowa state maybe a little bit on the outside or Baylor with a uh, rule got the program going up, but I'm more so curious to see how Hertz works at, at Oklahoma. That, I think that's the big storyline in the big 12 this year. And I guess Texas right there, those two teams, third, maybe Iowa state fourth, maybe Baylor or, or uh, maybe our guy Gundy and at Oklahoma state flying under the radar. Always a great coach. Um, got a great, got a lot of players returning in Stillwater. So watch them fly under the radar, but my, I'm just going to go through some plot points here. SEC West. All right. Now, why would I choose that as, as the, the interesting conference or, or side of the division or, or in all college football, a division to cover that I have ranked so high. Well, because I, we know that Alabama is probably going to win this thing. Alabama schedules light. Uh, it's spread out. They get bye weeks in the right places. But I'm hoping, A, that someone can actually beat them. I'm looking at you, Texas A&M or Auburn. Um, but mainly my question is, is who could finish in the, second, in the second spot in the SEC West? Because if you look, I mean, I've read some preseason projections that are not really out yet, but I've seen... I've talked to some people and uh, it's curious. Certain people have a and M certain people have LSU. Certain people have uh, Auburn. I think it is going to be between those three teams, but um, it would be interesting to see how that shakes out. I think that's a great storyline coming into the college football season is, you know, Malzahn somehow on the hot seat, even though he's a fucking great coach, everyone's saying he's on the hot seat. Uh, Orgeron, can he duplicate that success? Cause I still have my, co- as much as I love coach. O, and you guys know that I, we tigers here at the podcast, but, but I'm curious to see how he does. Like his first year there was uh, they lost at home to Troy. They still kind of rallied around him. He's a player's coach. It seems, I don't know how good he is X's and O's wise. And with a and M getting better, Auburn staying as good as, as, or I guess they're not staying as good with Stidham gone. A lot of questions, I guess, at Auburn, but that D line is nasty. So I, I still think they're going to be up there. But with A and M getting a lot better, could A and M potentially steal the second spot in that in that conference away from LSU and Auburn? That'd be interesting. Uh, I mean, Arkansas can only get better. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is a team that that I thought made some great hires on the on both sides of the ball. Got Rich Rodriguez to run the offense. Got got. Uh, Matt, Mike McIntyre to run the defense. Love both of those hires. I think they could be much more competitive. And then you got Mississippi state, which is kind of a question mark now that uh, Fitzgerald's gone, but I'll get to them in a minute. Um, But it, it's a big year for, for Orgeron. He's also got to play at Texas. He's not getting a new, a barely a, a neutral site game against, uh, you know, uh, Miami, a shitty Miami team. Um, I think it's going to be a harder to, to duplicate the success, even though they have a money team like Burrow coming back is huge. Them getting Burrow last year was absolutely, that might've saved coach O's job. Let's be honest because the guy that was what penciled in as a star, didn't he transfer to, to Tulane where he backed up Jonathan banks for half the season. I think they had a few different options at QB, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that, that side of the, I mean, I, the whole SEC, obviously, I mean, I'm a college football junkie. I'll tell you fucking, the fucking the Mac is going to be interesting this year. Now that Northern Illinois and Rod Carey's gone, <laughs> but um, those I'm plot pointing what I think are the biggest ones. I've right next to that, uh, Central Florida. You know, I, I've been preaching about Central Florida for two years. People think that I'm like this diehard Central Florida fan. I'm actually not. I'm an East Carolina fan, but I just think they should have deserved the shot to be in the playoffs the both the past two years, really. Um. But I, I got obviously there's big concerns at, at Central Florida because Mackenzie Milton's injury, he's out for this entire year. Uh, you know, that was a really awful injury that happened to him, you know, late in the year last year. And it really cost them the game probably against LSU. I would say LSU didn't have some starters that, that, that sat out the bowl game. But at the same time, you cannot tell me that you, starting a freshman quarterback, his second game only lost by eight. If anything, that showed that to me, that flexed UCF's muscle a little bit to me was that uh, was that with Daryl Mack second start. And I think he threw like his last 14 passes were incompletions. Don't only lose by eight. I thought was, was shows how good UCF really is, but big, I mean, Mack played good considering it's the second start. I mean, what do you want? For, he's a freshman. He's a fucking freshman. He's a motherfucking freshman. 
So it's going to be interesting. Mackenzie Milton's out for the year. They got Brandon Wimbush, Notre Dame transfer coming in. You got Mac now stepping into a sophomore season. So they're going to battle out. It'd be interesting to see who wins that quarterback, uh, you know, battle. And then uh, the schedule early in the year, we're going to find out about, uh, we're going to find out about UCF. I think like week three and four, I think week one, they get an uh, FCS week two. They get Florida Atlantic and Lane Kiffin at their, at, in uh, Boca Raton at, at Florida Atlantic. So that that's even a uh, interesting matchup because Kiff has been recruiting fairly well. I just don't know how good of a coach he is, but, and then week three and four, week three and four, the big ones I feel like for UCF, uh, they play at Pitt or I think it's actually home to Stanford next week at Pitt to, to uh, you know, good teams back to back. And then they dive into their season. But even when they dive into their season, they, they, they have some, some road, some tough, challenges with, I think they get Houston with Dana Holgerson now. And, uh, obviously South Florida with Blake Barnett in the sixth year should be a lot better. And then at Cincinnati, and I think it's like October game could be cold late October challenging game. Um, so I, I think it's a much harder schedule for them. I think they get Tulane also and Tulane is trending in the right direction. Like I predicted, that's another thing. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back to this Cameron Folly motherfucker. All right. Not only are my records over 500 in college football and college basketball? How about my over and unders? I went five and zero last year. College football I did five locks preseason, five locks on who will win more than the break the break their win total or, or over under win totals. I went five and zero. I hate sounding like one of these guys. I do like throwing my dick in the air, but I don't like to be this like like, oh, I'm the fucking best. But hey. I mean, the stats say five and zero. Do you know any other people? Maybe you do. I don't fucking know. But you can't shit on me all you want for for cursing and drinking on my podcast and being unprofessional. But fuck you when you go after the record. Fuck you. Um, what else do we got? What else? What else? Um, other plot points of mine. Scott Frost at Nebraska. Nebraska bought in late in the year, I thought. I thought they bought in, and I thought... Um, I I really feel like... Uh, they played Ohio State pretty tough. I mean, I know Purdue beat Ohio State, but, but uh, other than that, they probably played Ohio State the best out of the other teams that, that, that faced Ohio State. They had their chances to win that game, but as the season got on, got or got going... They became much, much better week by week. Martinez getting injured was, was big. They lost a, a couple games, I feel like, because he was injured and they had a walk-on because they're, with the coaching changes, which you're seeing all over college football this year, if a, co- or if a coach leaves, all these grad transfers and, and pe- so your, your depth really gets ruined. It's happening at, at, I mean, not even if a coach leaves. In general, the climate of college football is like, I mean, I, I was reading an article about Georgia's depth. And how if Fromm gets injured with Justin Fields gone and Easton gone, Easton's at Washington, Fields is at Ohio State, they better hope that they bring someone in because if Fromm was to get injured, your season is completely done because their depth is really low. Same with Ohio State, but Ohio State, since me reading the article, they uh, brought in the Kentucky grad transfer to, to be a backup. So that's, they covered their, their loss there. There was a few other schools they mentioned on there that could be really tricky for for depth, which is awesome. I, I love it. I think it makes the game better it's competition. You, you get some of these mid majors like uh, Washington state got Gardner Minshew last year. That was great. Really helped them go far. Um, but Frost at Nebraska year two, I, I really believe that this team could be, I, I think they're going to win the, the, the big 10 West as of right now. There's a lot of shit left to, to figure out here. Big 10 West is very competitive. Um, it's really a, probably one of the more improved divisions in college football, considering that Frost, when Frost went to Nebraska, you still got Fitzgerald who's doing great, just a fucking great coach, just a motherfucking great coach at, uh, at Northwestern. And then you got Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom turned down money from his, from his alma mater. Wait, turned down money from his motherfucking alma mater, Louisville, to stay at Purdue. He got No, he did get a bump uh, financially at Purdue, but... That was a huge, huge, huge move by Purdue to retain him because he's got that program heading in the right direction, heading in the right motherfucking direction. <laughs> um, but, and then you got what? 
You got Iowa. Ference is a machine. He's been to what? 16 out of the last 17 bowl games or, or 16 out of the last 17 years. He's gone to a bowl game. That guy's a machine. Great coach. Always a good, always a tough out. And then you add Fleck at Minnesota. Fleck, you know, Patty C's not high on Fleck, but Fleck has been, I mean, rowing the boat. They, they went to a bowl game last year. They looked a lot better than year one uh, last year and year two. It's going to be interesting to see what he does in year three. And then uh, obviously the big question here is, uh, you know, Lovey Smith. Uh, what the fuck is going to happen with Lovey Smith? He's got like 30 grad transfers, I feel like, coming in. I don't know if that's, I, that's not probably factual, but I know he has a ton. I feel like every time I open up college football news or, or read about college football, it's like, Hey, Illinois is bringing in a Illinois is bringing a, in some type of transfer. And so he's going on. It's year four for him. He needs to win his eight. His athletic director has been on the record saying he needs to win. So that that's a, an interesting and compelling uh, story for, for the big 10 West. But, but I like frost to get it done this year, man. I really do like frost to, I, I, I Gonna, I think it's going to be between North, uh, Nebraska, Northwestern, Iowa, maybe Purdue. Purdue, I think, is replacing a lot of their offensive line, and their defense was their weakness last year. I don't know. They lost David Blau. I know they're still strong at quarterback, and Brom is a quarterback-friendly head coach, but Big Ten West is just so much better than it was like five or six years ago. Five or six years ago, it was complete shit. Uh, not, how can I forget Wisconsin? How could I forget Wisconsin that uh, they might have done the the biggest move they could could have done was got rid of Alex Hornerbrook. Patty C will defend that, but I think uh, I mean maybe they they got to work out the kinks. I hear they might be starting a freshman, so that first couple of weeks could be tough. But I mean, clearly it's a good thing if uh, if you're moving on from Hornerbrook is the way I look at it. But Wisconsin, Paul Chris, good coach, kind of underrated in my opinion, kind of underrated. That division's great. It's getting a lot better. It's getting a lot better. What other storylines do I have here? Uh, well, I mean, let's just stay in the Big Ten for a second. Big Ten East, huge storyline here. And I'm, it's not Ryan Day, which I think Ryan Day, okay, that's a storyline, but uh, he's already shown himself a little bit. And uh, every coach thinks he's a great coach that's worked with him. Chip Kelly, uh, Urban Meyer, yada, yada, yada. Um. Michigan to go into the spread offense. That's a, that's a huge story. That's a huge story heading into the, uh, the season, because I don't know what to expect. I think it could backfire. I think it could work out. I don't know. Um, it's going to be really interesting. going to be really, really interesting because Harbaugh's the Michigan schedule, I think is one of the harder schedules in the country. So that whole big 10 East is amazing. Antonio returns like 20 starters flying under the radar. No one's talking about Michigan state, which is normally the years that Michigan state show up to handle shit. Ohio state probably won't. I mean, they got them getting Justin Fields huge, even though I look like, I know he looked like shit in the spring game. I watched their spring game the other day. Uh, so you got those three and then you got Penn state, Penn state from what I understand. Yeah. You had uh Tommy Stevens. Is it? I think it was is his name. Um, uh, He's transferring out, but their their other quarterback. Why? Let me make sure I'm right on Tommy Stevens. But their backup quarterback is supposed to be, um, is supposed to be money, and they also could still get somebody. Yeah, Tommy Stevens. I was, I was correct. Um, they still could get somebody, but the, from what I understand, they the the guy. The reason why Stevens was leaving is he was basically told that he was no longer going to be the man at Penn State because the the backup behind him. Was, was, was looking so good. And I, I'm struggling to remember his name right now, but um, I mean that you got that right there. And, and then you can even add in Maryland and Indiana, like, okay, there's obviously a second tier, but Maryland has a ton of talent. They're not your normal. It's a weird situation. You had the, the, the McNair thing happened. Jordan McNair thing, rest in peace uh, last year, the, the DJ Durkin suspension. It's uh very, like strange, like I don't know what to expect because the one other time, um, Maryland's head coach, what what's his name right now? Came over from Alabama. I'm thinking of his name, uh, Loxley. Loxley. There we go. I had to pull that one up. 
Mike Loxley, you know, his only other coaching experience as, as being a head coach was, was not very successful. So you, you wonder how good of a coach is he really, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't say that to shit on the guy. I'm just saying like, how, how good of a coach is he really? He's his career head coaching record is three and 31. I mean, and that was at New Mexico. He took over for New Mexico after Rocky Long left, I believe. And Rocky Long was a legend. I know it's tough shoes to walk into a, a legend's, uh, or a tough spot to walk into a legend's shoes, but I mean, three and 31. You think he's going to be a great coach? I mean, Maryland's got a ton of talent, though. Wait, let me say that correctly. Maryland's got a ton of motherfucking talent. All right? I mean, last year, this team, this offense was dominant. It was putting up. Do you see what they did to Ohio State? Do you see what they did to Texas? And they Maryland keeps getting hit by the injury bug every year. If they could just not get injured, I think this team could be a dangerous team. And then you got, uh, what you got Indiana, uh, Indiana's going to be Indiana. They're a feisty little team that might make a bowl. Probably five wins, maybe six, maybe four feisty little team though. Hate to catch them on an off on an off day. Cause they can beat you. You know, but that, con- that conference or that side of the division is, is that side of the conference is legit. I mean, it's probably as good as the SEC West. I put it right there with them. So that's always a storyline. I mean, I guess that's a no-brainer, though. I feel like that's a no-brainer. Um, let me tell you this, though, guys. What else is a no-brainer? A college experience on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. Sign up over at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SGP50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. They got a motto over there. You play. You win. You get motherfucking paid over at mybookie.ag. Guys, do it. Still got the NBA playoffs. Still got the NHL playoffs. Got it. Horse racing's in full effect. Horse racing season. Is there a a term for that? (laughs) Fucking horse racing. I got a, remember that guy who commented? I, I, I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to go into it. Um, you got what? Hawk or uh, soccer MLS. I might go to a game. I think in two weeks, I think I have tickets or something. Try not to fall asleep. Bet on the game. I'll bet on the game so I won't fall asleep. What other action? MLB. Holy shit. How am I forgetting about baseball? Been watching baseball all weekend. Watching my Orioles fucking lose every game. They're terrible. They're fucking terrible. Uh, Okay. But seriously, you can bet on these things. Go to mybookie.ag. Bet on these things. Win some money. I went 3-0 today, guys. Maybe you uh, tweet me tomorrow morning saying, hey, what are your picks for the day? Listen to me. Boom. Throw down 10 bucks. Right? Then you get five free. Actually, don't throw down 10. Throw down. Don't be a pussy. Throw down a good amount of money. 200 bucks. <laughs> I love how that's a good, a, a good amount of money for me. Welcome to the stand-up. Welcome. Welcome to the life of a shitbag stand-up comic. Um... Other headlines for me. I still got plot points. I'm still going to hit you with shit. I'm going to just rattle off gibberish. You're going to be wondering, like, who is this guy? What is he talking about? Dana Holgerson at Houston. Me and Patty C have kind of touched on this. This was a huge hire for Houston. They fired a somewhat successful coach in uh, Major Applewhite. My guy, Major Applewhite. I'm a big Major Applewhite guy. Loved him when he was at Texas. But they they fired him after Army rolled them in the bowl game, and Ed Oliver sat out, and he was fighting Ed Oliver, and, or verbally, I guess. Um but they get Holgerson, which was a huge hire. West Virginia was kind of unhappy with him. He great success at West Virginia, considering. I thought it was a huge move for Houston. Between Sampson, their athletic director, between Sampson and basketball and Holgerson and football, they are on, they are on it, man. Kudos to that, that athletic department. But you gotta wonder how things will shake out for them uh, with Holgerson. I'm curious to see Derek King is a money quarterback. If he could stay healthy. Holgerson could make that guy a fucking Heisman candidate. He really could. They start out at Oklahoma, so I hope he learns the offense fast because that, well, I I mean, Oklahoma's defense hasn't been the greatest lately, but they brought in some, some coaches, some new coaching staff as well. So maybe there's a little bit of a change there. Alex Grinch, former Washington state coach, defensive coordinator under Mike Leach a couple years ago. Last year, he was at Ohio state, which 
That kind of hurts the resume because Ohio State's defense was awful, but he was only there for one year. And, I, and he wasn't the head defensive coordinator. That was uh, the guy who went, uh, Shiano. So it's going to be interesting to see how Holgerson comes out the gate at Oklahoma on a Sunday night, ESPN, I think it is, or ABC. Uh, but in general, can they win the AAC West? You know, that's a tricky division. It's a very tricky division because you have Memphis, who returns Mike White at QB. Norvell's still there. Yes, they lost Henderson, but this team's still a quality team. And then you got Tulane, who's on the rise. I love Willie Fritz as a coach. I've been saying this. Tech, I, I, well, you know how I said my over-under record last year was 5-0 and on my five locks? And I gave you a sixth lock, and that was Tulane. Over. Which hit. So I technically would have been 6-0. and Motherfucking 6-0. and <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think Tulane's heading in the right direction. I think they're going to be even better this year than they were last year. Then you got, I obviously Navy had a down year, which was rare to, you know, Niamatololo is one of the best coaches in the country. They should be better. Tulsa, Tulsa should be better with president. You know what I mean? Like they should be better. I mean, they, they lost a lot of close games last year. The golden hurricane, the very golden hurricane. And uh, yeah, this conference, uh, SMU, Sonny Dykes in year two, they, they, they got to be better. The, everyone's getting better. I mean, who's going to go down in this side? Maybe Memphis? Maybe, hell, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but either way, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, a, can Holgerson like dethrone Central Florida? Or Cincinnati? That's another team to watch over in the East is Cincinnati. Won 10 games last year. Bickle doing things. Huge opening night, Thursday night, college football, week one, UCLA at Cincinnati. I can't wait to watch that one. Yeah, I'm talking about a game three months from now. You give me a hard time, go fuck yourself. We're going for the record. Let me drink some of this beautiful, delicious, amazing fucking vodka. Mmm. It's the taste. It's the fucking taste. Um, then you got what other headlines? Oh, how about this? Well, will someone ever emerge in the ACC and beat Clemson? Please. I mean, I don't mean beat Clemson, compete with Clemson. Syracuse. I'm looking at you because they're the only fucking team maybe in the nation that's given Clemson a hard time over the past two years. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe in the playoffs, what Alabama beat Clemson two years ago, whatever. But it seems like Syracuse plays Bama or plays Clemson better than Bama does. Dino Babers got that program rolling. They got to come into the Carrier Dome, which is a tough place to play. I love what Dino Babers is doing. I want to see the Orangemen do it again. But in general, my question is: Can somebody step up and actually? challenged the crown when, when Jimbo left Florida state. I mean, well, first off he had a shitty year, his final year there and he got out of Dodge, went to a and M, but Taggart comes in, does he even shittier and you got to wonder the state of that program. That's a huge, that, how about that as a plot point? What the hell has happened at Florida state? Willie Taggart year two. I I'm so curious to find out the offense should be a lot smoother. He high. He went out and hired Art, hired Art Bryles' son, Kendall Bryles, who was at Houston last year, but the year before that, he was at Florida Atlantic when they won 10 games. I think that was a great reason why they won 10 games. I don't think it was Lane Kiffin. I think it was Kendall Bryles. Can that help? But you got to figure the ACC is a lot better than the Conference U. Well, you don't got to figure. It is a lot better than the Conference USA. Can Taggart save his job here because this guy's on thin ice, thin, thin ice opens up against Boise state. Very losable game. Even though it's in Jacksonville, very, very losable game. He needs that one really bad. Or how about, um, how, I mean, I'm not even sold on the Mandy Diaz hire to tell you the truth. Everyone's like loving it. He's recruiting very well. So, okay, I'll give him that. But plenty of coaches have recruited well that have been shit. He was part of Mark Rick's staff and, and Mark, Mark Rick, Seems like a quality guy. I, I don't like to, to bash the guy, but he wasn't the greatest football coach. And if you listen to my over and unders last year, I, one of my locks was the under on Miami. 
Now, Manny Diaz all of a sudden gets the Temple job. Rick steps down. Then he then 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 Diaz leaves Temple for Miami. I just wonder: is he really that good of a coach? I need to see a lot more before, like I, I can see the hard on in America for this guy. Oh, Manny Diaz. Every college football analyst thinks he, it's a great fit. We shall see. I need to. See, I want proof before I dive in on this. But I mean. T- who, who, who can emerge from the ACC? It's gotta be what Miami or Florida state you would think, but is there a chance that my guy Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia emerges to, 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 I mean, I know they're on the other side of the, the conference, but Hey, it's their time. Every, every other team in the, uh, the coastal has won or just went to the, uh, to the ACC championship. It's, it's UVA's time. Don't tell Patty C you got Fuente, Virginia tech, and they step up can pit. Can Pitt emerge, uh, go back-to-back years to the ACC championship? But really, what I'm more specifically talking about with challenging Clemson is can someone in the Atlantic please challenge them? A few years ago, they had challenges from Louisville and Florida State, so it was harder. It was harder for them to go that far. And now, I feel like it's just, you look at that side of the, the conference, you're like, who's their biggest threat? Syracuse, right? Syracuse and maybe, what, Boston College? NC State, Doran though in big games is, I don't know. I haven't been too. I, I, I'm impressed with Doran in general, but in the big games, kind of kind of laid an egg on a lot of those games. Um, what other headlines do I have here? Let's talk Pac-12. Let's dive into the Pac-12. Uh, first headline I'll say is like, I highly. Th- I mean. Jim Levitt's not at Oregon anymore. I think they're going to be severely, they are severely overrated right now. So ESPN had them in the top 10. How, how, how the fuck are they in the top 10? How? Cause Herbert's coming back. Look, I like Herbert. He's a, he looks like a good quarterback, but I haven't been, I haven't liked him enough to say, Oh, they're for sure going to be the, in the PAC 12 championship. Are you kidding me? I still favor Washington. I still favor Washington state and maybe Stanford over you guys and you lose Jim Levitt. Shit, man. You might be cow. Even Cal Wilcox is doing a good job at Cal. No, I think Cal has to play in Autzen. So, so that's probably going to be a loss, but I'm not ready to say Oregon is going to ride off into the sunset here. I think don't sleep on my guy, Mike Leach. He's got another grad transfer coming in from Eastern Washington at quarterback. That guy's, I just rated him the top coach in college football. By the way, if you have not checked out these coaching rankings, go to sportsgalingpodcast.com. I'm releasing a ton of college football content. Every week, you're going to see a ton of articles on college football. The past week, I have did a top 25 group of five coaches, mid-majors, my top 25 coaches, and then I did my top 25 power five coaches. They're both available to look at right now, sportsgalingpodcast.com. And while you're there, leave us an iTunes review. Uh-huh. See what I did there? Um, what was I talking about? Okay, so yeah. Uh, but no, anyway, I rated Lou, uh, Leach really high in one of my, in my in my polls. And my point is, is that he's amazing. To do what he's doing at Washington State, last year winning 11 games, and they were projected to be one of his worst years of recent because of uh, Luke Falk had graduated. A lot of the, the, the team had left. He brings in Gardner Minshew, who had struggled at East Carolina. And all of a sudden they win 11 games. And I think he can do it again this year. I trust that more than I trust Oregon. Wilcox has got Cal. This is the third year for Wilcox at Cal. First year they went five and seven. They were tough. They almost made a bowl game. They were a, I was really impressed. He took them over that like they were, I think they won one game the year before went five and seven, almost went bowling last year. They do go bowling. Love the identity of this team. It's almost like a smash mouth football going on at Cal. And I, I'm loving it. So I, I would expect them to still be a player in that in that uh, in that side of the, the divi- or that division, and obviously Stanford. Look, they lose Bryce Love. Sure, Bryce Love was injured for a lot of the season as it was. Costello's still there. I don't see any reason why they can't be. They get Oregon in in Palo Alto. They beat Oregon in Eugene last year. I know that was a crazy game, but hell. I, I just need to see more of Mario Cristobal. I don't, I'm, you want to talk about someone that could be like Manny Diaz. Cristobal is known for his recruiting, but I wonder about his X's and O's is he clashed with Jim Levitt. So Jim Levitt walks 
He clashed with the guy who probably should be the head coach because Jim Levitt is a proven winner at head coach, proven to be an amazing defensive coordinator everywhere he's gone, whether it's Colorado, Oregon, K-State. I mean, on and on and on. You can look at when he went to the Niners with Harbaugh. Um, he's, he's money at his, at his job, but then you move, you shift it to the PAC 12 South and that talk about Utah's the favorite here and, and probably right behind them is USC. But this com, this side of the division ever since really, since, I mean, I would say they're kind of like the coastal in in the ACC because you've had what I saw Arizona with Rich Rod go to a uh, PAC 12 championship. I saw USC go to a Pac-12 championship. I saw Colorado go to a Pac-12 championship. I saw Utah go to a Pac-12 championship. I mean, I think what that's kind of like what the Coastal is doing. It's up in the air right now. And, and USC, Clay Helton's under. I would be very surprised. Looking at the USC schedule, I don't see how he's going to be head coach of this football team next year. So that's a compelling story to me right there. Can this team rally around Clay Helton? That's going to be fantastic to check out. And then you have obviously Utah. Utah had injuries last year. Whittingham's a, an amazing coach. He's an amazing coach. So they're loaded. A lot of things that I read or hear is say it's the best team he's had in 10 years or maybe the best team he's ever had at Utah. So, I mean, here's the thing though. I feel like Utah is a team that when they do get the hype, they're not normally as good as the hype. But when they're under the radar, kind of like Michigan State, when they're under the radar, they're a thorn in the side. But talk about one of the better home field advantages. It's tough to come into Salt Lake City and grab a win. It is tough. Then you got, uh, obviously, uh, Chip Kelly, year two. UCLA, Dorian, Rob- Dorian Robinson's got to be a lot. I mean, he impressed me as a freshman. He's a sophomore now. That's going to be, he's going to know the offense a lot more. It's a comp- complex offense. I knew UCLA was, uh, that was one of my locks to hit on the under on UCLA last year. Now, once again, the schedule is absolutely fucking brutal but they got to be a lot better. And I still, I, I even think towards the end of the season last year, much like uh frost at Nebraska, Kelly was, was, you could see the team being getting better and better each week. So that's a big story for me. Um, but let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I'm going to read some fucking ads, some motherfucking ads. All right. Look, I know you're already probably shopping on Amazon. But why not shop there and support the podcast, right? You love listening to this thing unless you're... You love listening to this thing even if you're that one fucking guy. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Folly. All right? You love listening to the podcast even if you're Folly and you shit on us on, on, on iTunes. Um, so why not support the podcast? I mean, look, you're already on Amazon. You want to go buy that blender for your girl that she says she needs a new blender for her for her morning smoothie before she goes on her jog. Yeah, sure. You're going to go over to Amazon, buy it, right? You don't want to go out to fucking bed, bath and beyond or some shit like that, right? No, you're going to hop online. Use your little Amazon prime account. Cause everyone has one of those fucking, I go to whole foods the other day. Big mistake because whole foods in, in Southern California is a fucking shit show. All right. There's people everywhere. It's just too much for me. Right. But I went, I go to the counters. People asking me, they're asking me about using my Amazon prime number to get a discount. Because Amazon now owns Whole Foods. It's too much for me. It's too much. All right? I almost, I almost blew a gasket. But anyway, the point is, is that that's how many people have Amazon fucking Prime. So you want to get that blender for your girl? Go over to Amazon.com. It's what you're planning to do. But I say, no, scrap that. Go to sportsgunningpodcast.com backslash Amazon. Order that blender. That supports the podcast. Then you hear more of us because we get more money. And boom, that's how it fucking works. So go over to uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Amazon. Bookmark that link for anything you're going to order. You want to get a, you want to go buy yourself an old, uh, you know, no, you don't know, but an old CD from uh, Aerosmith because you're a big Aerosmith guy and, and you, you, you are living in the past and you haven't thrown out your CD player, even though your wife Ask you every day, what the fuck is a CD player? You never play it. Well, you, maybe you surprise her. Maybe you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Amazon and you go and order the entire fucking Aerosmith collection. All right. And you sit there, you get all those CDs in the mail. All of them arrive like the next day because Amazon's new 
if you're a prime member, that fucking thing is kind of crazy. They just arrive the next day. Doesn't matter where you're at. Wife come home, comes home from work and you're blasting fucking Aerosmith. Only if I dream of you, you know, (laughs) fucking Aerosmith. You're blasting motherfucking Aerosmith. All right. How many times guys, what am I at? I got to break my record. It's like the movie commando Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know if you know this. I'm a big fan. It broke the kill record. It has the most kills ever on screen, right? Schwarzenegger's mowing down all these people. He uses a fucking saw blade. Remember someone comes through like this little outhouse he's hiding in. He just grabs a saw blade and throws it from like three feet away and it cuts off a guy's head. He's got a RPG rocket launcher. He's just blasting fucking people. It's amazing, right? Well, I want to do that for the podcast. I want to break the cursing record. All right. I've always said this though, not to do. I'm doing shtick tonight because, because the guy says the cursing bothered him. All right. I'm doing that shtick. I'm letting him affect me a little bit but that's that all in good fun, right? But in general, when I describe the college experience to people, I've always said, it's like HBO. Remember when HBO first came out? The difference between HBO and like watching your movies on regular TV is you could see tits and ass and cursing. It wasn't bleeped out. Well, that's the college experience. We're not going to sugarcoat bullshit that ESPN and all these other hacks do, Right? We tell you our feelings the way it is. We're a couple idiots, but we're going to say, fuck you when it matters, right? We're not going to sit there and say, well, ah, we're not going to be all PC and everything, right? That's our avenue. That's what we like to do. We're a couple of fucking idiots. We've stated this from our first episode, right? So you need to start thinking about yours. And I hope you guys dig that. I think a lot of people, the positive feedback we've gotten for the most part has been that we dig it because it's like sitting in a room in your basement with your boys, right? Because that's what would really happen. It's got some alcohol involved, some idiots making picks, and we happen to know a thing or two about college football and college basketball. So you need to start thinking about yours. Motherfuckers. (laughs) Where was I at? College football talk. If you haven't turned it off yet, don't worry. We got more college football talk. I got, I plot pointed. Okay. I don't know, even know about plot point. What the fuck am I even talking about? What is plot point? I don't know. I made notes. I made, I made a little notepad of what I'm going to talk about. And I made little notes and I call them plot points. Cause I write screenplays and none of them ever get made and they're absolute complete shit. All right. So I, if you're wondering why I keep saying plot points, I don't know if that's correct for a podcast or I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about guys. Welcome to the college experience. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> All right, but I got some off-the-radar ones, all right? Off-the-radar, meaning, like, plot points of the season that I think no no one's talking about that are compelling to me. Because I know you care. We're three months away from college football. There's not many avenues of college football. So if you love college football, you came to the right place, right? Because I am going to talk about, right now, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. Year two. I'll be honest. This is one that I was probably wrong. I, I, I had to rewind. I had to go back and check the tapes, but I think I had them on the over and I think they were the, I think they were the, un, they, they hit on the under last year. Kind of disappointed me. I went and saw them live against uh, LSU. And I will say this Mississippi state has some hot ass girls. Holy shit. They got some motherfucking hot ass girls. I, I got to say Mississippi state beat LSU. I think in, in hot girl department while I was in Baton Rouge. Maybe it was that side of the stadium that I was sitting at. I don't know, but whoo need to get myself over to Starkville. Um, but Hey, Joe, Joe Moorhead in general, though, not really impressed by the, by year. now it's only year one new offense. Maybe Fitzgerald didn't fit it. Cause I was, I thought Fitzgerald in hindsight should have grad transferred out of there, but now you got year two. Um, he still did a decent job. It wasn't an awful job. I just thought they would be better. So I guess what I'm wondering is, is maybe did Mullen have that team loaded up with enough talent that maybe they coasted on, on, on their wins with Moorhead and maybe he's not at what they say. We, they say he is, although he was good at on, on the FCS level at Fordham, but I don't know. I think it's a big year for him, especially because that side of the division and his, you know, that is a tough, tough division. You got to figure, like I said a few minutes ago, Coach Owen or at, at at LSU 
things are looking good for them this year. They got Burrow back, got a big freshman running back coming in, loaded on defense. I mean, Auburn, yeah, Patrick Nix's son. I used to be a big Patrick Nix fan. Shout out to Patrick Nix. Bo Nix, quarterback from what I hear at, at uh, Auburn now. Uh, their D-line, Auburn's D-line is loaded. They got, I mean, they're, they're not going anywhere. And then you got A&M. They're getting a lot better. Jimbo Fisher's recruiting better. I still don't see how he's going to ever outdo Sumlin's wins, but I'm saying he's recruiting better than Sumlin was. Can't deny that. But you can deny that recruiting rankings are a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit politics get, get thrown in there. A lot of motherfucking bullshit politics get thrown in there. <laughs> but I'm so curious. I think Moorhead year two, because uh, I thought he would be better in year one. I'll be honest. Thought he would be better. So that's that's one that I'm highlighting. I want to watch week by week and see how the Bulldogs do. All right. And I also have Jeff Collins in year one, former Temple coach, Flo- former Florida defensive coordinator prior to that at Georgia Tech. Came into Georgia Tech. They're getting rid of the triple option. So I would imagine there's a gigantic curve there. I would imagine they might be awful this year. They start out on a Thursday night against Clemson at Clemson. So that's going to be really embarrassing probably. But um, in general, I think it could be a good hire. And I'm kind of eager to see if it's like Frost or, or Chip Kelly, where obviously I think they're going to have a bad year. But maybe as the weeks go on, they get better and better and better. And and maybe it's a great hire. He's been recruiting pretty well. He's got some transfers coming in. They're pretty big recruits. That, that were big recruits at the universities they were at. So I'm excited to see Jeff Collins. Uh, and then I got PJ Fleck on here, obviously row the boat year three, uh, that, that side of the conference. I touched on this earlier too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that, cause I feel like Purdue's going way up with them getting Brown back and they got some big time recruits coming in. Nebraska is going way up. Wisconsin's just better than you. They're, they're rock solid. They've been rock solid for a long time. Northwestern's going to be where they're going to be because Pat Fitzgerald's a great fucking coach. Illinois, I mean, can they be that bad again? Probably. <laughs> but I just wonder where Minnesota can fit in and all this. So I'm excited to check it out. Iowa is a rock, you know, so. Uh, and then I got, well, okay, let's let's talk my buffs. Mel Tucker, former Georgia defensive coordinator under Kirby Smart. I don't know what to expect here, guys. I've heard people bash the hire. I've heard people say the hire was amazing. I can tell you this, though. And yes, I'm slightly biased, but I do think he walks into a good scenario. McIntyre, in my opinion, should have never got fired. But he had a pretty, pretty good amount of talent that was improving year by year. I mean, he's got Steven Montez senior quarterback on the NFL radar. I was reading something last week said he'd be a second round draft pick. Now who knows really what the fuck that means, but interesting that he comes into a place where he's got a senior quarterback and he also has a loaded, absolutely loaded wide receiving core led by, uh, LaVishka Chenault, uh, probably the nation's best receiver, if not second best, and he also has Katie Nixon, who's money. And he also has Tony Brown, who's money. He's, he, and, and Chenault, by the way, has a brother that's enrolled there to be a freshman this year. So they also have Walter Stanley's old son, former Green Bay Packer player at wide receiver. That their, their receiving core is pretty loaded. And the defense was young last year. They got to be better, especially considering that's Mel Tucker's strength. Coaching defense. He retained Darren Chavarini, offensive coordinator. So I mean, I... I look at this and I say, okay, I don't know if this guy's going to be a good coach. He's never been a head coach anywhere, but at least he walked into a decent situation. That's all I can say. I, I'm excited to watch them. I am excited to watch them. What else? Can we stop talking by the way on these? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like some of these fucking schedules that are like 10 years from now or 15 years from now. People are getting excited about them, posting them on Twitter. And I'm just going to say that for the, the, for the, you start better start thinking about your segment. How about fan bases? I could give a shit if Texas and Florida are going to play in 2030 and 2031, because nine out of 10 times, they're going to cancel that shit. I don't even know if I'll be alive for that. I mean, I hope I am, but I'm saying shit happens. Maybe a Mack truck drives through my fucking house while I'm recording a podcast. Right. And then that silly jackass, Folly could be happy 
that my podcast is done because a Mack truck just ran me over, right? Maybe my dog gets rabies and attacks me. And then I fucking turn into a zombie or something. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Welcome to the college. Welcome to the college experience. Welcome to the motherfucking college experience. All right, I'm going to get the fuck out of here, guys. Oh, I want to talk about, yeah, uh, college basketball. Before I get out of here, Memphis. Memphis. Penny Hardaway. Okay, he landed the top recruit in the nation, James Wiseman. But he also added a four-star last week. Lester, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name. Quinones. Quinones. And then, to add, in spite of all that, like they were good last year. Memphis was a pretty good basketball team. They had a winning record. Loved what he was doing in year one, Penny Hardaway. They add Little Rock, grad transfer, Ray John Tucker, who was on and on the NBA board. Like they were saying he was going to get drafted in the NBA. This dude averaged 20 points a game last year and seven boards. I'm going to tell you something right now, guys. Memphis is going to make the NCAA tournament next year, and they're going to be a team to watch the fuck out for. All right? We Tigers on Memphis, too, next year in college basketball. Them in Houston might have a nice little rivalry going in the AAC. Uh, what else? I want to say rest in peace, Dick Tomey. The Tomey family, my my condolences. I want to send that out to uh, to the Tomey family because that was a legendary coach. Did some magical things at Hawaii, Arizona, the Desert Swarm defense. Teddy Bruschi and Chuck Cecil and uh, all those guys. He even had a couple of solid years at San Jose State, I thought, late in his career. Rest in peace to Dick Tomey, college football Hell of a hell of a good college football coach. Hell of a good defensive coordinator. Heck of a guy. Rest in peace. Thank you for your contributions in the college football. And uh, yeah, guys, I'm gonna. Get, this is the point where I just say, go to iTunes, leave us a review, even if it's shit. But don't. You can you can go there and shit on me all you want. I think it's good. Shit on me all you want, but just don't shit on me for my picks, because my picks are always fucking decent. All right. Like, even if I lose you money, sometimes you look at the overall record, you say, Hey, this guy, he knows his shit. He knows his shit. And he's over 500 every fucking year. So fuck you. (laughs) Go to (laughs) iTunes.com. What am I promoting iTunes now? Yeah, but go to iTunes. If you can leave, if if you don't even have an iPhone, you can go to sportsgamingpodcast.com. Click iTunes, leave us a good review. It, it, It will help you out. From going from the website into the iTunes so you can... So if you have an iPhone, you have no excuse. You could just go right into iTunes. But if not, go to sportsgalingpodcast.com. Click on iTunes. It'll all work out for you. We also have merch. Saw some people tweeted me in the past couple weeks. We got some college experience t-shirts and, and sweatshirts and stuff. And I appreciate all that. I really do. Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate the... Uh, if you if, And if you got something you didn't show me, send me a tweet. Let me know. I appreciate all the people that are buying some of that stuff. And uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network at SGP Network. You can find Patty C on Twitter at Patty C831. And you can find me on Twitter at the Colby D. This is the college experience. This is the motherfucking college experience. You better start thinking about yours. Woo! And we out of this. Yeah.